Today we're in a series called Empire. And I want to talk to you today about leaving a legacy. Leaving a legacy. What thoughts come to your mind when I say these names? Just, just kind of what first thoughts come to mind when I say Saddam Hussein, Hitler. What comes to mind when I say Tiger Woods, Billy Graham, Martin Luther King Jr.? What comes to mind when I say your grandfather, your grandmother? What, what thoughts come to your mind when I say your dad, your mother? What comes to mind when I say yourself? Put yourself in that blank. What thoughts come to mind? A thought has crossed my mind from time to time, and that is, when I die, what will people say about me? What will people say about me at my funeral? What will people say about me months and, and, and years after I am long gone? What will people say about me? How will people remember me? How, how, how will they remember Herbert Cooper? How will the fact that I lived on planet Earth impact others? After I'm gone, how will the fact that you lived on planet Earth impact others after you're gone? What will people say about you at your funeral? What will they say about you in the weeks and months and the years after you pass away? How will you be remembered? Will you be remembered as a kind person or a jerk? God-fearing or wild living, generous or stingy, faithful or unfaithful, servant-hearted or selfish. You see, how we live our lives every day determines the legacy that we will live, leave behind. You see, friends, every single day with every decision we make, our actions and our words, we are building an empire. We're building an empire that will be left behind. And that empire that we're building that will be left behind will be our legacy. I want to talk to you today from the life of Moses on how to leave behind a godly legacy. I want to, to, to see, for you to see Moses and after he died and how people talked about him, how they remembered him. This is what was said about Moses after he was long gone. Deuteronomy 34 and verse number 10 says, since then, notice this about Moses, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Moses walked with God. This is how he was remembered. Verse 11, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and all his officials and 
to his whole land. This is how Moses was remembered. Verse 12, for no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. I want to give you five lessons about legacy today. Moses teaches us five lessons about leaving a godly legacy. We're building an empire. We're leaving something behind. What will we leave behind? How will we be remembered? Number one is this. Leave a legacy of power. A legacy of power. Moses was known as a man of power. He left behind a legacy of power. Scripture records that the nation of Israel was in bondage and slavery for 400 years to the nation of Egypt. And, and Moses showed up on the scene and he delivered Israel from the nation of Egypt under the mighty power of God. And the scripture says they were in the desert. Before them was the Red Sea. Behind them was the Egyptian army coming to capture the Israelites again and take them back into captivity. And the Bible records this, that Moses took his staff and placed it over the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted. The nation of Israel walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. The, the Egyptian army followed them and when the last Israelite got out of the Red Sea, got out of the water, the water closed back in and drowned the Egyptian army. I'm telling you, Moses was known as a man of power. The scripture records when they got on the other side of the Red Sea, they were in the desert. And the nation of Israel was crying out for water. There was no water around. They were thirsty. They were so thirsty. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They were complaining. And so Moses took his rod, his staff, and he struck the rock and water came out of the rock. And the entire nation of Israel was able to drink water when they were thirsty. Moses was known as a man of power. When they were in the desert, the scripture records that the nation of Israel was hungry. They had nothing to eat. There was no food around. There were no livestock around. There were no animals to kill. They were hungry, hungry. They were murmuring. They were complaining. They were grumbling. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to slavery. They were so hungry. So Moses prayed to God and God rained down chicken and waffles. All they could eat, chicken and waffle buffet. The Bible called it quail and manna. Manna means simply, what is this? I call it waffles. And they ate all they could eat. They ate plenty. Moses was known as a man of power. He left behind a legacy of power. The Israelites knew him as a man of power. Matter of fact, when Hollywood does a movie on Moses, they show Moses. That, I mean, it's inaccurate, a lot of things about his life, but they show him as a man of power. His legacy is one of power. As Christ followers, we should leave behind a legacy of power. The scripture records in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, 
but you will receive power. You, Christians, people who surrender their life to Jesus Christ, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Scripture records in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. You see, the kingdom of God is not one of mere talk, it's one of power. We should not be known of just mere talk. As Christians, we should be known for power. You see, if you're a Christian, when you gave your life to Jesus, when you surrendered your life to Jesus, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God, there's God the Father, there's God the Son, there's God the Holy Spirit, God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit took residence up inside of you. He's living inside of you. The Spirit of God is inside of you. And Scripture says you have power, power to be a witness. Come on, we ought to be known for our power, power to live a life for Jesus Christ, power to live, have victory over sin, power to overcome the, the, the evil one, power to have a life that honors Jesus, to be a witness, power. We should be known as power, people of power. We should be known as people of power that when we share our faith at our workplace, at our school, in our neighborhood with friends and family members, we see the hardest heart soften in the presence of God that flows out of our life and we see people give their life to Jesus Christ power we're people of power we should be known of about power that flows through our life we should be known as power people when they're sick we lay hands on the sick and the scripture says People are healed by the power of God that flows through our life. You say, Pastor, you're old school. You believe in healing? No, I'm not old school. I'm Bible school. Amen. The Bible says we have power that flows through our life. And in the name of Jesus, people are healed. You know what I, what I do when my kids are sick? Sick, I lay hands on them. I pray for my children. When my wife is sick, I pray for my wife. I want my kids. I want my wife. I want my family to know their daddy, my wife, they know her husband is a man of Power. power. What are you known for? We're called to be people of power. Listen, the scripture says that we can do miracles in the name of miracles can take place. Impossible things can happen in the name of Jesus because we are people of power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will have power, not just talk, power to be a witness. We should leave behind a legacy of power. Number two is this. A second lesson Moses teaches us is leave a legacy of passion. Moses left behind a legacy of passion. Scripture says in the book of Exodus when Moses was on Mount Sinai with God, he was there for 40 days receiving the laws, the Ten Commandments. And when Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai, he saw the nation of Israel, and they were worshiping an idol. And I want you to notice Moses' response when he sees 
a million plus people worshiping an idol have turned away from God. In Exodus 32 and verse 19, it says, when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, they were dancing, Israelites were in worshiping a, a gold calf. It says his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. Moses was infuriated because Israel had turned away from God. He was angry because they were worshiping false gods. They were worshiping idols. Moses was so passionate for God. He was so passionate for the things of God. He was so passionate about Israel serving God. When he sees this sin, when he sees them turning away from God, he takes 40 days worth of material recorded by God and he's so passionate and so infuriated. He throws the stone to the ground and they break because he was so passionate for God so passionate about the people serving God what are you passionate about what infuriates you when somebody cuts in front of you in traffic <laughs> what are you passionate about what are you passionate about what drives you what what motivates you? What compels you? What moves you? What are you passionate about? I don't want to leave behind the legacy of being known for Herbert was passionate about the Dallas Cowboys. No, that's my team. That's America's team. Let me just insert this while I'm on the subject. Dallas Cowboys will be in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Yeah, I know DeMarco Murray's gone, but watch what we're getting ready to do. But I don't, I don't want to be known for passion. Oh, pastor that's passionate about the Dallas Cowboys. No, I want to be known as a man who's passionate about God and passionate about serving God and passionate about loving God and, and loving my wife and loving my children, passionate about honoring God. I want to be known as about, about passionate for reaching people who are far from God. I want to be known as a man of God, as a church who's passionate about reaching people that nobody else wants to reach, people who are broken and bound and lost and are hurting. I want to be passionate about saying I created an environment. We created an environment where it's okay not to be okay. Just come just like you are with all of your mess, but it's not okay to stay that way because we believe that Jesus changes lives. I want to be passionate about ministering to people and helping people and, and, and touching people right where they are and pulling them out of the mess and the miry clay and seeing Jesus put broken lives back together again. I want to be passionate about the things that move my heavenly father's heart. Passionate. What are you passionate about? It's pastor, why do we do the day of hope? Just to eat up half the day? No. It's passion. It's passion to help people who are less fortunate, who are hurting. Not to be people of mere talk, but of action. Who love people, who show the love of Christ. Passion. Passion. What motivates you? What drives you? Jesus says, what you do for the least of these you have done for me. Passion. What moves you? What stirs you? What ignites you? Oh God, may we leave a legacy of passion for you, for your kingdom, to minister to people.
passion. Moses teaches us a third lesson about legacy, and that is leave a legacy of purity, of purity. In Exodus chapter 32 and verse number one, after Moses had been on the mountain, he's been, he's on the mountain for 40 days with God. Verse one says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. They said, listen, Moses has not come down. We don't know what God is up there doing. We thought Moses would be down by now. So just make us a God. And verse 3 says this. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Because God kept Moses on the mountain longer than Israel thought God should have. Because God is not moving in the way Israel thinks God should move. Israel decides to turn away from God and worship idols. This still happens today. When God doesn't move in the way that people think God should move, when, when God doesn't show up in our circumstances the way we think God should show up in our circumstances, oftentimes you'll see people turn away from God. You'll see people worshiping idols. You, you'll see people playing God, taking matters into their own hand like they're God. You'll see people turning and worshiping things of this world and seeking first things of this world and the luxuries of this world instead of seeking first the face of God. They'll turn from God because, God, I don't see you showing up as quick as I think you should show up in my situation. You'll see people start moving on from God. They're just, God, I got to move on. I have to take care of business. I have to handle things. And they just move on without God. And Israel moved on without God. They were worshiping idols. And here's what the scripture says about Moses in Exodus 32, beginning in verse 20. I read to you verse 19 a few moments ago when he came down from the mountain. He was angry. He was infuriated. He was passionate. Threw down the, the tablets of stone. And verse 20 goes on to say, and he took, Moses took the calf the people had made and burned it in the fire. Then he ground it to powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. I mean, oh, Moses is a bad man to make people drink cow water. I mean, know what I'm talking about. When Moses saw the people worshiping an idol, he didn't take the popular route. He didn't say, well, since a million plus people are worshiping an idol, I guess this may be right. I'll just join in. That wasn't Moses' stance at all. He comes down off that mountain. He sees them worshiping an idol, a false god. He's angry. He's passionate. He's infuriated about the people serving God. And then he, he, he takes the calf, Scripture says, the golden calf, this gold calf, and he burns it in the fire. We're not going to worship a false God. I'm not going to worship a false God. Moses left a legacy of purity. We're going to honor God. We're going to serve God. We're going to worship God. People's church at all of our locations. What 
do you need to burn in the fire so that you can leave behind a legacy of purity? What idol is between you and your heavenly father that's keeping you from a life of purity? The scripture records in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 21, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. You see, this wasn't just an Old Testament issue. It's still an issue today. Scripture says, keep yourselves from idols. You probably don't have to keep yourselves from worshiping the idol of a gold calf. But perhaps you have to keep yourself from the idol of a gold ring or an idol of a gold necklace or diamond rings. What, what, what is your idol? Maybe it's a home, a home that you have or a home that you want, your idol. Maybe it's the car you have or the car you want or the boat you have or the boat you want or the clothes you wear or the clothes you want or the shoes or, or perhaps it's a hobby. What is the thing that comes before Jesus? What is the thing? Who is the person that comes before the Lord? That's your idol. And Moses said, I'm not going to have anything before my heavenly father. And he burned it in the fire. What do you need to burn away? What, what is it in your life that is keeping you from being known as a man or a woman of purity? I'm going to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing will become before the Lord Jesus. I'm burning that away. I'm dealing with that. I'm turning away from that so that I can leave a legacy of purity. Number four is this. There, there's a fourth lesson that Moses teaches us about legacy in Acts chapter 7 we're going to see that he leaves a legacy of purpose a legacy of purpose and it says in Acts 7 in verse 23 when Moses was 40 years old he decided to visit his own people the Israelites he saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptians. Moses thought that his own people would recognize. Notice this. This is, this is key. He thought his own people would recognize that God was using him to rescue them. But they did not. He thought they would recognize that God created him. He was purposed. He had a purpose to, from God to rescue them from Egypt. But they didn't recognize Moses' purpose. You see, as a young man, Moses knew that he was called by God. He was purposed by God to, to rescue Israel, to deliver Israel from the nation of Egypt. But Moses got ahead of God's plan. And Moses killed an Egyptian thinking I'm rescuing God's people. They'll notice God's purpose on my life to rescue them. And he killed a man. Israel did not recognize Moses' purpose at the time. And the Bible says that Moses, because he murdered a man, fled to the backside of the desert and spent 40 years on the backside of the desert. And scripture says that God shows up 40 years later to an 80-year-old man through a burning bush and simply says to Moses, Moses, you're going to fulfill the purpose that I have for you. I know you made a mistake, but your mistake is not going to keep you from fulfilling the purpose that I have for your life. Moses, go back to Egypt. Go back to 
Egypt. And I'm so glad that Moses' legacy is not a legacy of I made a mistake and I died on the backside of the desert and did not fulfill the purposes of God. No, 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 no. Moses went back to Egypt and he left a legacy that yes, I did make a mistake, but my mistake didn't keep me from fulfilling the purposes of God for my life. As I was studying this week, as I was praying this week, I really believe this is a word for somebody today. Listen, just because you made a mistake, your mistake does not have to disqualify you from fulfilling the purposes of God in your life. You have to get up and go back to Egypt. Your mistake may have slowed you down, but it does not have to keep you down. Go back to Egypt. Go back to Egypt. God is not done with you. He's not done with your life. He wants to see his purposes prevail in your life. Don't you dare stay down. Get up and go back to Egypt. I need a little audience participation. Look at your neighbor to the left and say, go back to Egypt. Come on and tell. Look at your neighbor to the right and say, go back to Egypt. Go back. Go back. God's not done. You can't leave a legacy that you made a mistake. You can't leave a legacy that you just failed. You can't leave a legacy that you sinned and you messed up and you just stayed down. That can't be your legacy. Get up and go back to Egypt. And Moses left a legacy of purpose. Number five is this. It leads me to point number five. Leave a legacy of people. A legacy of people. You see, Moses couldn't stay on the backside of the desert because he was called to impact the lives of people. Moses, you can't stay down. You got to go back to Egypt because my purpose always involves people. Go back, Moses. You're not just going back for you. You're going back because of people and people matter and people count. And Moses went back to Egypt, stood in front of Pharaoh several times. The power of God flowed through his life. And he fulfilled his purpose and he brought God's people out of 400 years of bondage. He went back and he impacted the lives of people and the lives of future generations. Not only did he impact a million plus people, Moses impacted the masses, but he also impacted the one. He impacted the one. I want you to see this in Exodus chapter 24 and verse 13, how he mentored Joshua. It says, then Moses set out with Joshua, his aide, his mentoree, the one he invested in. And Moses went up on the mountain of God. It's really interesting when you study this in the book of Exodus that when Moses went on the mountain, Mount Sinai, to be with God for 40 days and spoke to God face to face. I don't, I don't know exactly where Joshua was, but Joshua was somewhere around that mountain on that mountain. Because here's what the scripture says. It says, when Moses went back down the mountain and saw the people worshiping a golden calf, it says Moses and Joshua went down. You see, 
Moses took Joshua with him. He was mentoring him. He was investing in his life. He cared about the one. He cared about the people and he cared about the one. Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to read to you about four or five verses. Don't tune me out. These verses are critical. They're, they're very important. Here are these verses about Moses and how he mentored. It says, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp in verse 7, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Verse 10, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshiped each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Joshua was in the tent with Moses because Moses was mentoring Joshua. You see, Moses taught Joshua what it was to talk with God. He taught him how to hear the voice of God. He taught him how to lead. He taught him how to govern the people, how to lead masses of people. Taught him how to love the people, how to shepherd the people, how to guide the people. Moses left a legacy of people. Moses, you know how, he was, how he's remembered after he died? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't the one to take them into the promised land. I brought them out of Egypt. But I invested in Joshua. I mentored Joshua. I had him in the tent with me when I was talking with God and hearing God's voice. He was with me. He saw me when we came down that mountain and I was passionate and I threw down the stones and I, and I threw that golden calf into the fire. He saw me leave the people with passion. And I didn't lead them into the promised land, but I mentored Joshua. When I died, I left a legacy. And Joshua took the people into the promised land. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's about the people. Will you leave a legacy that's about the people? Serving people. Helping people. Loving people. Discipling people. Equipping people. Mentoring people. Investing in people. Caring about people. Helping people. Pulling people up. Believing in people. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's about people. It's about people. It's about people. Why do we go into schools and renovate schools and remodel schools? Because it's about the people. It's about those kids, those parents, and those educators. It's about the people. Why do we have day of hope and serve thousands of people? Because it's about people. It's about impacting a kid's life. It's about helping a single mom. It's about ministering to somebody who's hurting. It's about the people. 
May we be known as people that leave a legacy of power, of passion, of purity, of person, of purpose, and of people. We're building an empire. And may our empire be one that's left behind. That's a godly legacy.